I've just clicked record on this bad boy, so let's get it started. Let's get oh, this Merry over. Christmas, Mr. Grimmels. Let's get this over and done with. I'm uh, more like a Mr. Scrooge this week, I can tell you. <laughs> no, oh, no. wow. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Backpeg. It's been a uh, an interesting week and a half or so since we last recorded. There's been a lot of football to get stuck into. Uh, I'm sure I'm a little bit more uh, chirpy, chirpy, whatever the phrase is, talking about football than uh, yourself at the moment, Les. Oh, I'm not going to let football results get to me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's... The... <laughs> Uh, no, it, it is what it is. It was uh, it was expected with Newcastle. Although I am glad to see that Real Madrid managed to finish the year off on top in La Liga. In dramatic, no, they fa- did. In dramatic fashion, nonetheless, but yes. Yes, but uh, we'll come to that later on. Yes, I know, I know. We'll circle back to a lot of things. <laughs> so I, I get the feel. <laughs> How do you how do you wrap up twelve months in one year, Nathan? Hey, sorry, twelve months in one year, twelve months in one episode, I should say. Yeah, it's been a big year in football. Mm. There's, there's been a lot of uh, good stories, bad stories along the way, mm-hmm. and we're going to do a little bit of a uh, not a year in review per se, but we are going to pick out some of our top moments and mm-hmm. look ahead to the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Laz, we'll stay on topic. Okay. In the last week or so, for, for the time being. Yep. Because uh, the mighty Chrissy Wood. A hat trick at St James's. I don't want to swear. You you wouldn't have seen that coming. I never. Well, he hardly scored at St James when he was playing for Newcastle, let alone <laughs> three goals for Nottingham Forest. <laughs> but um, yes, look, good luck to him uh, and good luck to Forest. You know, they obviously needed the win, and uh, the managerial bounce uh, seems to have worked with regards to Nottingham Forest and one Espirit. Um, you know. Uh, new new uh, Espirito Santo. Yeah, indeed. Newcastle, a bit like uh, Robin Hood at the moment, taking from the rich and giving to the poor. Oh, that's nasty. That's nasty. Yeah. I mean, look, it wasn't losing good. to Forest, losing to Luton. Yeah, Luton was. I think Luton was on on the cards, right? Any like, if you think about Luton at Kenilworth Road, they were bound to to get a scalp there, right? Yeah, and. Because they've been close against Liverpool, close against Manchester City, close against the Arsenal, right? They've been in every game. They haven't been pumped, right? And Newcastle just didn't take their chances on the day, to be fair. So the Nottingham Forest one was a real surprise, though. But our Boxing Day record is absolutely shocking. Yeah, it's funny that some teams have a a really good record and some teams are the opposite. It's strange that... Things often just repeat throughout the mm. years. Like Manchester United have a very good Boxing Day record. I yes, don't get that's why. Right. Me like, neither. Probably but, partly because United worked good for so long. Sure. But even still, in the last decade, United have maintained a, a pretty good record on Boxing Day. But you guys have been 40, that's pretty poor. Forty-seven yeah. losses. The highest. The highest in um, English football. Forty-seven mm. in the prefer- like in the in the leagues. Uh, Forty-seven losses on Boxing Day. So, yeah, it's never been a, a happy day for us, unfortunately. But maybe there's been too much uh, Christmas cheer and eating and all that kind of stuff in years gone by. But um, Too much brown ale. Hmm? Or too much brown ale, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty nice drop, though, I have to say. <laughs> but, yes, um, yeah, just yeah, it's really funny that's that. So 
there's a great um, meme that, or great photo that actually came out with um, uh, there was a fan that was sitting in the stands at St. Joe's Park wearing a, a Newcastle United beanie um, and a scarf saying Merry Christmas and he had the Grinch mask on. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very appropriate. <laughs> very appropriate given the result. But look, oh, bar um, humbug, huh? Yeah, look, <laughs> they took look Nottingham Forest um, tore us apart. There was nothing there for Newcastle to really get excited about. Unfortunately, um, yeah, just look. The schedule is the schedule. Can't make excuses with regards to that. Yes, they've had injuries. Yes, you know they've been overplayed, but. It is what it is, and we can't do anything about it. And we foresaw that um, that the same level of performance might not be reached. But um, if they manage to stay in contention for Europe, beat the you know the Conference League in the top six to eight, you know, happy days, and you know, a good cup run will um, definitely be something that you know we would take. So, and we've got uh, Sunderland coming up early in the new year, so that'll be fun. That will be fun, and. Mm. I feel like Eddie Howe's getting a pretty easy ride at the moment, and there's a lot of mitigating factors for Newcastle's form this season. Yeah, but if if Sunderland are able to knock Newcastle out of the cup, surely that's unacceptable. No, I, look, I've heard some guys out of the UK, YouTubers, and all that kind of stuff. Right? Yes, they're all entitled to their opinion of football, like you <laughs> and my and myself as well. But they are really talking out of their ass, and they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> um, and look, I don't have to name names, but I'll, I'm not going to worry about it. The fact is, is that yes, Newcastle as a project probably 12 months ahead of where they should have been last season. This is a correction, right? This is more in line of where we should actually be expecting last season should have, you know, Newcastle should have been in this area last season, right? Mm. When the circumstances are as such, you've got to take advantage of those opportunities. And that's why, you know, Newcastle were able to play Champions League, which was, you know, fantastic to see after so long. But now the issue is when does the the recruitment really begin as far as, yes, it's happened, right? But there are changes that need to be made to that side or the side needs to be bolstered up. You look at Manchester City and it's taken a while to develop, but they've actually got plug and play. Right, you can take someone out, put someone in. The only person that I would contend it is different to that is Rodri, and I think that's why Man City are actually missing Gundogan more so than what they realise. I think. Because, yeah, that's a good shout. That is a good know, shout. You know what you know what I mean. So that's where they've become vulnerable and come back to the come back to the field. Newcastle don't have that, right? Newcastle really need to look at who would be starting in their competitors' lineups and see if we, how we can actually build that and also look at, okay, who are good backups that we can plug and play, right? And then look at the academy structure as well because that's, look, the Manchester City example has been a really good one to follow. Yes, they've been, you know, it's been alleged that they've breached how many Rules and all that kind of stuff. So with 115 charges, with 115 <laughs> charges, well, it's been repetitive over a period of time, right? So the same rules, yeah. just that it's you know concurrent or whatever the case is, for want of a better word. But Nathan, I think that uh, I think that Newcastle is in a very interesting predicament right now with regard to how do they react out of the January transfer window if there are going to if there's going to be something that where they do flex a little bit of muscle. 
under the FFP thing, you know, provisions as well. I say no. I reckon they'll still be erring on the side of caution. They'll probably try and bring one or two in. Um, that's not enough. No, it's not. Like I would say that you guys need a goalkeeper. Uh, you probably uh, need a midfielder, and that's yep. just to cover Pope and Tonali. Correct. Effectively. Correct. I'd say you also need a left back. Right? Yeah. As nice as it is to have big Dan Byrne, local lad, no. in the starting lineup. Uh, he was the good play. squad player. He a was good the squad player. Yeah, but he, he was shouldn't the... be starting every week. Look, and Lascelles, you know, being Again. injured, yeah, is not great. You know, and 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 Lascelles is someone that we didn't actually think would be, you know, starting, for, you know, and featuring for how long? And he's done a decent job, in the main. Dan Byrne just got caught out with Chris Wood on, you know, yeah, and on three occasions, and it was just, look, you know, it was just one of those bad days, unfortunately. And Dan Byrne's been a good player for Newcastle. It was a good buy. He's not the answer for long term, but. Then again, you know, they did the job to keep Newcastle up and then they did the job to get Newcastle to fourth. And now it's about um, trying to peg back a bit of ground on the table, right? Mm. And because there's no way, um, and yes, I'm going to be throwing mud at your mob very soon, (laughs) but there's no way, given the football that we've played, What's unacceptable to me personally is that we're we're below Manchester United. I still just can't figure that out. The, the table doesn't lie, Laz. The table no, does it not do, lie. It, do, it doesn't lie. No, you're right. It doesn't lie. And 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 it, it would be frustrating to be a Manchester United supporter when you go, okay, it's either win or loss and that's it. You know, it's one extreme or the other. You know, you'd be a yo-yo emotionally, right? It's just, it's just a hard one, right? Um, but, yeah, look, Newcastle's got a little bit of work to do. I, I don't think that Eddie Howe is under fire yet. If... The FA Cup goes south and the results don't start improving. So, you know, I think he has to the end of the season, to be fair. I, I think he has to the end of the season. I think that, um, you know, if Newcastle finish eighth, he's, he's he won't be removed straight away, but then, you know, he's on prior to the end of the, but it's on thin ice. And I think at that point, I always maintain if you're on that thin ice that I won't have much for you to get sacked like a month or two into the next season, you might as well go anyway because it's so difficult to turn it around. And you say eighth and being dumped out of the cup may not be enough to sack him in, in the immediate. I think it might be. Could be. It could be. It depends who else is on the market too, right? I mean, like... I guess, yeah. Yeah, Poch would have... Prior to this season, I would have said, yeah, sure, maybe Poch would be someone that you would look at. Um, he can stay at Chelsea for all I care. Yeah, I'd feel the same. Right, he can stay at Chelsea for all I care. Because Chelsea is a mess, yes. And Paris before him, before them, was also a mess. But it's been too long now since he was in a decent job doing a decent job, which was at Spurs, like, what, pre-pandemic now. I watched them this morning and I thought, they're not that great. No, they're not. They, you know, like, they weren't that great. Yes, and Duco came back and, yes, that was great. But no, I watched them and I'm going, I'm not impressed. So... Where has he impressed or where has he improved any of those players? Chelsea, he hasn't. So there's no one that comes to mind that I would say, yep, you know, let's let's take them now. Um, Eddie, thank you very much. And let's move on. You know, so it's it's an interesting one. There's no one that comes into mind in, anyway at this point in time. I don't know if yeah. you've got anyone in mind, but I, I no one really stands out at this point. 
Mm. Okay, let me phrase the question this way then. Who outside of the Premier League, which manager outside of the Premier League do you see as a top-tier manager that would want to come into the Premier League? Could you tempt Xabi Alonso? Maybe. Or is he sort of is he holding out for Real Madrid? I think he's holding out for Real Madrid. Maybe he would like a, a stepping stone, so to speak, mm. because Newcastle, the job at Newcastle, it's a big job. It's not Real Madrid level, though. No, it isn't. There's, there's, it is another step up, perhaps. Yeah. If he does well at Newcastle, then he would be in line for the Real Madrid job further down the track. Um, anyone else? It's it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Because See, see Mourinho doesn't go. No, no way. Jo- Jose doesn't go, right? No. Uh, because as much as we love Jose, I, I don't think that the club and Jose, there's a bit of romance around it, but I don't see the entertaining football that Newcastle fans expect being played, right? So there's a misalignment there, even though mm. even though I think he would be given the tools and the resources to go and, you know, say, okay, Jose, show us what you got, right? Yeah, I, I don't see that working out, to be honest. Like, look, Newcastle supporters would get behind whoever the manager is, and I'm sure if results come, they don't care how the football is played, but yeah. that's the case with every other club. But What about Javi? No, for mine. Mm-hmm. I'd say no, if I was in your shoes. Thanks, but no thanks. Mm. Like, what about Inzaghi? That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Don't would mind you want that. him? I don't mind that. Look, I'm, I'll tell you what I, I would, what I would want. A defensive style of football to begin with, not Conte style, right? Forget that. Mm. But yeah. you need to, and what Eddie Howe did initially as well, right? The defense needs to be shored up. We're not as safe as what we were last season, right? And a defense, a really solid defense, obviously wins your titles, right? I mean, it's been proven that start off with the defense, then you work on the midfield and the attack. Once they get into a rhythm, then they go, go forward. Um, Pep, worked on his defence, and that's why they finished third under him that season, right, when he first started mm. at Manchester City. Once he got the defence right, he could actually go and implement his style of football pretty well, you know, in the knowledge that, hey, this is going to reap benefits here. Liverpool has shored up their defence, like, you know, and, and they're a contender. Arsenal have really shored up the defence and their attack, their weakness is going forward, right? Um, so... Villa have shot up their defence, and that's why they've had the results, although they didn't have the result on Boxing Day. No, they um, But, you know, which we'll get to in a minute. So, you know, the defence is the key is the key thing, and, and Newcastle have been leaking too many goals. They have, and I see too many mistakes from Kieran Trippier this season. Yep, correct. And it'd be nice to have a good look at Botman and Cher for an extended period. I don't know if Cher's oh, going to be all right in the short term. He, he seemed to pick up a little bit of a knock against Forrest. That's the, yeah. He, he's copped injuries this season, which and he's been playing with knocks because mm. there's no one else to play. And they yeah. haven't been severe enough to keep him off the field, but he probably does need a rest, to be honest. Yeah. Right? But from what Newcastle just have, to, just have too many problems in the personnel. Mm. Miguel Almiron is a streaky player. And mm. Mm. when he's not in a yeah. purple patch, then he doesn't offer a that much and yep, correct Isaac for a 60 million pound striker doesn't really give you that sort of feeling maybe you'll still come good again but I'm wanting more I'm wanting more for pretty much every single player in a black and white shirt at the moment agreed look the effort is there is effort there the application isn't there and the quality is uh, being found out because the application 
is you know is not there in, in total, and it's purely down to physical exhaustion. Really, it really is. You know, they, they look exhausted. That you watch you watch them play, and they look tired, right? And they look exhausted, and that's the frustrating part, right? Like, why wasn't this addressed? And and look, you can put it down to the inexperience of uh, Eddie Howe. All in all, it's been a a positive thing for the club. I think. Um, I think that Eddie, this is a test of Eddie's management and he needs to see if he can uh, step up to the plate here and uh, ride this um, storm out because it's it's not always going to be uh, roses. So let's see what happens. Indeed we shall. Laz, that was a lengthy chat. It was. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but thanks, <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the outlet and the catharsis. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, yeah. Look, we should talk about your mob. We should talk about Manchester United. And a bit of news. One thing I was going to say about before we go there, but it is related because Villa played them on Boxing Day. Villa's title run is done. I'm calling it based on what happened to Man- <laughs> based on what happened at Old Trafford. Right? They can't win the title like that. No, it was naive. Mm. Like yeah, two well, nil up away at Old Trafford, and you just if you're Villa, you just leave the door open and allow that comeback. It it was Villa allowing United to come back. Mm. If you're a title-winning team, you go 2-0 up away from home. And yes, I know Manchester United are not in a good spot this season, but it's still away at Old Trafford. Mm. You manage the game. You kill it completely. You just make yourself hard to break down. You will go out of there with three points. And everyone's talking about Villa being very close to top at Christmas or top at New Year's. But yes, look, I still think Villa can get top four. Oh, so do I. Big so time. do I. Absolutely. 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 Can they uh, hang with um, Arsenal, Liverpool and City? No, nah, because look, City have got to, has to be a blip. City have got to run in them. Exactly right. And and you have to say that, hey, that's a blip. Mm, I'm not so sure if it's a blip. Yeah. Right. I, no. I, I, you know, that happens once or twice more and their title claims are done, right? So based on what I saw, I don't think they can win the title. Um you don't you don't throw away points at Old Trafford like that, right? So, um, I mean, even Hoyland managed to score a Premier League goal. goal and congratulations <laughs> to him! <laughs> congratulations to him! But I mean, I, I was going to I was going to come to that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Garnacho, um, you know, took his chances relatively well. Yes, there were deflections, what have you, but they can only do what's what. What they can do, right? So if they go in, they that go they in. Can. If they go, if they mm-hmm. go out, they go out. That's how it. That's uh, that's how it goes. That's usually Man- how it goes. Yes, <laughs> but Manchester United were the um, were the better side, like in the second half by far. I think for the second half they were the better team. Maybe the back end of the first as well, perhaps. Mm. But it's maybe a glimpse of something uh, to look forward to for the rest of the season for myself and other Manchester United supporters. Perhaps mm. it was just the. The nature of the game that Villa just left the door open and United are the most dangerous on the break. And just no. the space that they allowed Rashford and Gunnacher to have is yep. something you don't get against many other teams in this in the league. So questions still remain, mm. but it caps off a pretty good week. Yeah, and, Understand, uh, understandable. Understandable, yes. And uh, yeah, December, yeah. Laz, is the, uh, the time for giving, the time yeah. for charities. Mm-hmm. And a uh, shout out to the uh, warm heart of uh, John McGinn, <laughs> who found it in himself to uh, selflessly set up Rasmus Hoyland to break his Premier League duck. Yes, yes. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Hard to disagree with you there. But uh, I'll tell you what, 
um, in the spirit of Christmas, you and uh, I think all Manchester United supporters got a great Christmas present on Christmas Eve. That there was. Mm. And on a sporting front, on a football front, I don't think there's going to be a better Christmas present for some time because Mm. it was confirmed subject to the Premier League owners and directors test, which is just a formality. That uh, the 25% first team Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos has been confirmed for uh, 100% sporting control. And it's been 13 months coming since they first announced that they were looking for investors, the Glazers. Uh-huh. And at long last, on Christmas morning, Sydney time, they announced that they have concluded a deal. A reported $1.3 So that would value the club at six, roughly. Six billion pounds. Which is what they're after. Mm. Yep. Mm. And... It's a good return for the Glazers, that's for sure. Mm. They put in £220 million of their own money and took out a loan and leveraged that against a club. And for 25% of their asset, they're getting a massive return. Yeah, so right now, as it stands, the cl- uh, they are still the major shareholder of the club. Is that correct? As From a what collective, I understand, yes. Yeah, as a collective, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, yep. So Ineos actually is the largest individual shareholder at the moment. Okay, but as a collective, the Glazer family yep. is... Gotcha. They've still okay. got majority control. But terms of this deal is that they have no say on the sporting front. They have no contributions on who they should sign, what they should do with the manager, anything of that sort, which can only be a good thing. And it's not the case that there's trust in Sir Jim Ratcliffe, Dave Brailsford and Ineos to right the ship and uh, turn this club around. But mm-hmm. it's more faith that... Look, with the money that Manchester United make, it can't get much worse than where they are at the moment. Like Manchester United are never going to be a bottom half Premier League team. Don't say That's that. just the nature of it. That's just the nature of it. But... <laughs> it's bloody disappointing, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but it's much. just reality. It's, it's not going to happen. It is. it is. So the absolute bare, the worst case scenario is that United are just the same as what they are now. Hmm. So any improvement is a, uh, a big positive. And yep. look, It'll take time. It'll take years to sort out. Hmm. But this is the ticket out of the uh, the current mess that the club's in at the moment. And if this doesn't work, then I don't know where else to go. <laughs> this is it. This is the way out. You, you, could, you, could, go, you could go to your uh, noisy neighbours. Um, <laughs> no, thanks. Who are the world club champions? Uh, champions of the world, yes. Yes, they are. They are mm-hmm. indeed. Or you could go 45 miles up the road and uh, go go up to uh, the other Reds. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> hey, I'm giving you options, right? You can go to Everton as well if you like. Uh, that's the best one you've said so far. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Ah, uh, but uh, yes, positivity around Manchester United at the moment. Yeah, it's not going to last very long. I was but... going to say, yeah. Well, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. I don't think it yeah. will last too long. But there we go. No, but look, Ericsson back in. Samuel Martin is not far yeah. away. Ericsson made Cassie a difference. not far away. Ericsson made a difference the other night. He did. He did. And, look, I still think Mason Mount can do his job and provide more output off the ball. Mm. It's just a matter of getting him fit back in the squad and actually working as a case of unit because it wasn't working before his injury. No, that's right. Um, but, look, maybe 2024 will be a better year for United than 23 because outside of the Carabao Cup win, there wasn't a whole lot to shout about. Yeah, I just... Look, I can't share the same sentiment. I hope that it's a bad year for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope Newcastle United finishes in front of Manchester United. Mm. But anyway, nevertheless. You've got to get in front first. <laughs> exactly right. E- exactly right. Exactly right. So, 
Where should we move to? Any other stories from the UK, lads, before we move on? Mm, not really. I mean, look, it was an interesting boxing day, I think. Right. I, I don't know what you made of it, but look, you're never going to get the boxing day 1963. Every year. Score. Every year. Yeah. And, and that it's, shitty screenshot of that yeah, sky graphic. Yes. It's that, been compressed it, that many times. That's right. It's funny, though. Right. It's funny. I actually saw uh, Optus actually put out a. The, the same scores, right? So they didn't put out that screenshot, but they, you know, they put out the scores. How and, dare they? How and, dare they make well, a new e- screenshot? Ex- exactly right. So there was, <laughs> you know, a, a few pissed off Brits from what I can see where they said, you know, how can an Australian company like do an, imp- you know, do an improved version? This is an outrage, right? <laughs> you know. But uh, yes, that shitty still shot or screenshot from Sky Sports, yes. Yeah, that can that, that that can go to the the wayside. I can tell you. Talking about the 1963 Boxing Day Premier League results is as much of a tradition as the football on Boxing Day itself. Mm. Oh, I mean, they were <laughs> they were ridiculous scores, right? They were ridiculous, and they come up every single year because of it. You know, like um, I think Burnley beat Man U six one. Yeah, and Ipswich Town lost ten one to yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that it didn't get replicated this year. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I can't say much because Newcastle United were in the Division Two in that year. They didn't feature in the uh, old Division mm. One in Boxing yep. Day, nineteen sixty-three. But there you go. But some, I mean, a ridiculous amount of goals. And hey, you can only um, you can only wish for that kind of entertainment every time you you watch football, though. Indeed, indeed, Laz. We didn't mention it, but mm. uh, you won't like me saying Manchester United, but we should mention it. That mm-hmm. a friend of the pod, Laurie Whitwell, has put out his uh, end of year special report. That's been many, many uh, weeks in the works. I'm sure mm. talking about the uh, the decade oh, yeah. of incompetence yep. at Manchester United. No, I'm it's happy. not framed as such, but I'm happy to frame it like that. It's the same here, and I, I, and I was happy to read that because <laughs> I was a... reading through that, and every few sentences, every paragraph or two, I was just going, "What in the hell is going on?" And that makes a lot of sense. Mm. <laughs> as to where the club has been mm. in the last 10 years. Yeah. Things like the one that sticks out is the valuation on Anthony, that yeah. when Solskjaer was at the club, he was valued at £25 million by some scouts, only for the club to pay £86 million a few years later. And during the negotiation, they told Ajax that they're not spending a penny over £60 million. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's on John Murta and uh, Jude Bellingham. Mm. That Fergie was going to give him the, the grand tour and the speech about what it's like to play for Manchester United. In comes John Murtagh, whisk him away to uh, to do a, a bit of a video or some bullshit like that. Yep. Oh, look. It, look, it, it is a good read, I have to say. And that's um, Laurie Whitwell's uh, article with the, with the Athletic with regards to that. And a decade of incompetence, did you say? Well, That's how I framed it. Yeah. He's, <laughs> look, yeah, that's how you framed it. And. Effectively, that's how what Laurie has done. To be fair, mm. it's 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 a really interesting read, but they're um they're and it's a good pointing case. It's a good pointing case for those looking at football administration and sports administration. Um, you know, as to how you know not to run a club or run a yeah. game, which we like, case. which which we <laughs> which we'd get onto very soon, actually, because like you said, Nathan, it's been about a week and a half since we recorded last or thereabouts, but. We had the European Super League 
Oh, boy. It's not what it's called, right? But we had that um, and news around that prior to the Manchester United takeover or sell-off of shares, right? So I'm fascinated by this because the English media and their disdain for continental football Europe and the football that's played there, their snobbery is just insane. Oh, no. Sweeping generalisation, I know. It, 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 but it's, it's, it's not it, regarding it, the Champions League. It's just regarding the Super League project. No, it's just regarding European football completely, like continental European football. They see England as the be-all and end-all, and I get it, and that's fine. It's no problem. But the disdain that they have for any new idea or any new approach, what gives people the right to think that UEFA are actually doing a solid job? If they were doing a very good job, you wouldn't have parties like this wanting to actually try and you know provide a viable option. It's not a viable option, Les. I think it thing. is. I think it is, and I think there's I think there's disdain around it because how dare European clubs actually try and look out for their own benefit and well being? So England are the gate, you know, is this is the benchmark of hey uh, of football, and it should only be England, and the Premier League should be the only league that matters, and the Premier League should be the only league that tries to benefit economically. If the power of or the consolidation of European football is a vehicle for or a platform for these other clubs to survive and actually try and compete against a Super League that's already been established in England, right? And UEFA have allowed this to happen, right? Oh, they have. Oh, yeah. So So I I lay a lot of blame at the feet of UEFA. UEFA have only got themselves to blame. So by my reckoning, why not actually look at it and actually speak to them instead of being just dismissive? Because I can tell you, I, I understand this system better than the Swiss system that they want to try and bring in. Oh, yeah, that's a joke of a system. That's not going to go down well at all. But what's on the table here for this Super League is also not a good idea. No, it's an idea, nonetheless, that actually is easy to to get your head around and actually to discuss and go, okay, well, let's have a look and see what the actual – what is the motive behind it? Yes, Barcelona and Real Madrid are the two protagonists, there's no doubt, but there are others that are pining for a bigger piece of revenue mm-hmm. and, and relevance. Right now, it was, and the attitude from the English media was, "How dare they?" So that's the bone, bone of contention that I have with the English media, and there, it just strikes me all oh, as the same way that their attitude to FIFA when the World Cup was started. Like you know, it's a, it's an inherent attitude towards anything that's different or suggested. Now, if UEFA and FIFA were doing such and look, again, UEFA have got a lot to do with this because if it wasn't for UEFA, FIFA and their incompetencies, FIFA <laughs> wouldn't be positioning the Club World Challenge, the Club World Cup in such a way because the because the might of UEFA would have said, not, we're not being a part of this and you can't actually make us be a part of it. We're happy with the current format. This is where the power of football lies. But why should UEFA have a, a power over FIFA? You're right, they shouldn't, right? But the fact is is that right now, if they weren't susceptible to these type of fronts, right, and they were doing a decent job with the way that the competitions were structured and the clubs were satisfied, all all their stakeholders were satisfied, then... That's not possible. They wouldn't, well, no, but relatively, right, the majority. They wouldn't allow themselves to be exposed in this way. 
to these kind of fronts, which is FIFA establishing a Club World Cup without them knowing. And likewise, a rival, well, not a rival, but a an alternative to European club football competition, which actually makes sense. The format makes sense. How the competition comes about doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, I understand yeah. how it works, but it shouldn't yeah. work like that. And yeah, sure. The reason there's a lot of negative press about the Super League in the UK is because the first time it came around a few years ago, mm. it was all about pulling clubs out of their domestic leagues. Correct. It was about making an NFL-style correct. competition where yeah, correct. you take, for instance, Arsenal out of the Premier yeah, League. But it's not the case this a, time. No, but the point is, I'm trying to make, is that bridges have been burnt by sure. the same company. That was A22, whatever A22 even is. Sure. It's the bridges were burned then. Mm. And I don't think anything has been done to mend those to try and get the British media and the British public on side. The fact is they won't, Nathan, because, and nor do they need to, because of the TV the TV deal that they have, right, till 2029. But the point right. is the Super League needs the English clubs, they need the German clubs to come on board. Mm. And you're not going to get it. There's 0% chance you get the English clubs and the German clubs on board for the Super League project. 0% chance. I don't know about the Germans. No, no way. Hmm. I think no the, German, way. the Germans would be more prone to listen to it rather than the English. No, because they're all fan-owned. Sure, but... All, uh, the, all the German clubs you would want have 50 plus one. Correct. And at, by that point, you've got to ask the public, hmm. the or those who are part of that 50 plus one, to sign up for a Super League, which they're not going to. Hmm. They're not going to. And The idea shouldn't be poo-pooed, and they shouldn't be such, you know... No, it should be poo-pooed. No, they shouldn't be so dismissive of it. I actually think UEFA should actually, you know, in their infinite wisdom, actually have a conversation, have a conversation with A22 and say, right, okay, who is it that you represent, right? Um, and right now, given that they've lost the court, the court case, right, it would actually be smarter than to actually open the door and say, okay, well, come in, tell us what it is that you'd like us, you know, that you're suggesting that we should do. Right. That's, take, that's what they've tried to do. That's and, how they arrived at the Swiss model. And take the good will. Because the Swiss model is based on a Super League format. Uh, no, it's a mess. That, that Swiss model is a mess, and it's and we're going to see the shortcomings of it. I, I don't look. I don't like the sound of it. Having read into it, whilst this format, when I stack up the two against each other, this actual A22 concept tends to get me more excited about it rather than the Swiss model. Otherwise, just leave it as it is. And the only reason why, why they... it's because it's guaranteed places in this A twenty two model for the first three years. No, 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 no. No, for the first three it is years, gar- it is guaranteed no, place. No, be- no, it's for the first three years, Nathan. That's what they say. But the oh. point is, if you're in the no, 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 no. I'm yeah. not being conspiratorial. Sure, here. sure. I'm, I'm talking about revenues and financial mm. power. Sure. The point is that if you're in that top level of the A twenty two format, mm. the amount of broadcast money and extra commercial revenue you're going to be able to acquire mm. by being in, in that top league, mm. you are unrelegatable to the lower tier. It is not possible for you to get relegated. So it mm. might as well be a guaranteed position. Fair enough. No, I'll, I'll that's take where, that. that. That's I'll the take point that with that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And the additional follow-on point with that is Real Madrid, Barcelona are already dominant in the leagues. Bayern Munich already dominant. PSG are dominant. Mm-hmm. You put them into a European Super League, Sure, they might be able to compete with the Arsenals mm. and the Liverpools of the world. Mm. But the gap between the Real Madrids and the Villarreal's mm. is just going to be 
expanded even more. It already is. No, but even worse. Oh, I don't know about that. Why? What's the why? Why is that not going to grow? Because as it stands right now, Real Madrid would make more money being in the Super League than they do now. Correct. Oh, I believe that would, yes. So how is that not going to influence their football team to make them even better compared to their uh, country counterparts? Ooh, that's a very good point too. Because yes, the Champions League and your way for having... Yeah, I was going to say and that. They have, they have made their own bed with this same problem, mm-hmm. that you have the same teams winning every league in every country in Europe. There's only It's only a small number of teams, small number of leagues, sorry, where you have more than three clubs that can win the league in any given season. Correct. You look at Holland, it's Ajax, PSV, Feyenoord. No one else is going to win the league. Mm-hmm. You look at Portugal, it is Benfica, Porto, Sporting. Correct. No one else is going to win the league. Same case pretty much across every country in Europe. Mm-hmm. Except for France can, and Germany. Yeah, where it's even less. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. The only ones that come to mind is England and Italy. Mm-hmm. We have more than a small handful mm-hmm. where you can envision four or five clubs mm-hmm. winning the league, provided they sort everything out and get their act together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in any league, any other league in Europe for the most part. And this is the problem that UEFA have built, but the mm-hmm. Super League is only going to make it worse. This is what we'll talk about on the last pot about positive feedback loops, Lars. It's the same thing. Mm. More money, you get a better team, you qualify for better competitions more often. Yep. You get more money, you make a better team, you qualify more often. Yep. Yep. And no, look, I'll take your point. I, I I agree. I can see that point. I agree. I agree with you there. But I guess the, the, the thing that I would actually like to see is I'm not against the European Super League in the sense that I would like to see home and away, like two groups of eight, you know what I mean? 16, the best clubs, unless you, you know, whichever way, right? A bit like the EuroLeague basketball type of scenario. So why doesn't UEFA just do that format instead? Don't know. I don't it's know. And that's why I think they need to, and that's why I think they would, um, you know, they should entertain just having a conversation with these guys and then actually looking at it and say, okay, well, you're with regards to revenue distribution and redistribution to the other tiers of football, how is that planned? Because right now... UEFA have shot themselves in the foot with regards to the way they distribute the Champions League model uh, income because it's actually based on club coefficient rather than positions in the leagues. It is. And not only UEFA, but for well, instance, the, the clubs Spain have stood that over. Yeah. And Spain's a good example here. The RFEF have shot themselves in the foot too. Mm. And La Liga with the broadcast deals, where mm. for time you had Real Madrid and Barcelona taking 90% of the broadcast money. Mm. Combine that with the Champions League revenue, mm. it's only going in one direction. Correct. Compared to the Premier League, where in terms of the broadcast rights, it is split evenly 20 times. And, but that's just come about now. It's been like that for in, a very in, long time. In, in recent, no, but in recent years, that's come about. It wasn't like that from day dot, right? Because even as far back with regards to the Premier League, right, there were there was a distribute, there was a uh, difference as far as uh, where you finished. On the table, yeah, you get extra prize right. money for finishing yeah, yeah. higher up. Yeah, but that's, that's still the case of, now. But that's reflected. That was ref- that used to be reflected in the distribution of the TV rights as well, and that's why that, that, that's that's why they came up with that six, the fourteen six model as yeah. well. But the point is, the likes of Luton and Sheffield United and Nottingham Forest, because of where that where it is now with the equitable deal, are going to make much more money than. No, that will equivalent yep. clubs in the rest of the continent. Sure, it's because of that, and it's short termism from the likes of Real Madrid mm. that they don't want to see a Wall Valencia getting 
more money than they need to because they haven't earned it. Why should they get more money? They don't earn it. Everyone wants to watch El Clasico, therefore we should get most of the money. But the long-term vision is that if you give the lower clubs more money, then you create more interesting games down the line. And and that's the th- well, and that's what interests me with the European Super League model or whatever they called it, the Star Golden Blue League or whatever it was, right? Um, yeah, look, the names are funny and what have you, but, but uh, you know, I, I I didn't mind what it was that they actually positioned, right? Now they obviously need to do a fair bit of work with their presentation still, right? Because it wasn't great, but as and far their PR. as and their PR in particular, but the concept of it, I think has some merit but i just can't understand why there's this air of um what's the word i'm looking for dismissal straight away because i think there's merit in what they actually got to do and i think inevitably football does go that way and in particular in europe yeah i think they do there does need to be a reworking of the system absolutely it's just a case of how you bring that about and what it looks like and because you know you mentioned it the premier league is a super league in europe it, it is. is. When you've got the likes of Brentford mm. bidding £45 million pounds for, I think it was one of Fiorentina's best players sure. in the summer. They didn't sure. get him, but that because that money was on the table, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm. Correct. And that is inherently broken. That needs to be fixed. Correct. How you go about doing that is massively up for debate, and I think a solution hasn't been identified as of yet. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because I think that with their own streaming platform as well, I think that's a way that a lot of football does go very soon, mm. right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think we're at the we've hit the peak of the TV rights type of deal or TV yeah, rights type did. of scenario. Yep. yep. And now it's starting to, like the next deal in particular for the EPL, may be looking at being stagnant or receding well, the, slightly. The deal they recently announced in the last month for the Premier League, the new deal, that is worth less per game than the old deal. I'm talking about the global rights in particular as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. But I'm I'm backing up here that for the next TV deal for the Premier League that's mm. starting in 25, mm. it is a lesser deal than yeah. the current one. There you go. But the bubble is already... Starting to... Well, to well bubbles deflate. don't start to pop. They, the, the they either pop or they don't. <laughs> that's right. The balloon, the balloon is deflating. Yes, 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 and look, you might see some headlines that the overall number is bigger, but that's just because yes. there's more games and in, yeah. in the same deal. Yes, but inherently per match, it is less money. That's what I saw the top line figure because it actually goes out to 2029, mm. the uh, new deal. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, and so that's just a bit of PR spin. Mm. No, well, they did to a make good it job. seem like still they, number goes up. They did, they did a good job because they got us on it. I can tell you, they got yeah. <laughs> Initially, like that, that's what I read the top line. I'm going, yes, that's right. Yeah, it sounds, mm. it sounds, it sounds correct. But yeah, mm. but it look, it's um, a fascinating conversation, right? And I would, it is just the future of football we're talking about. Last yeah, night. And, and 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 I would love to actually get uh, that German fellow, and I'll see if I can find him, uh, get in touch with him. That German fellow that is the CEO of A22 on. Just to actually, you know, ask them, ask them the questions and see exactly what it is that that are they serious about what how it is that they're looking to propose things and where is the funding coming from? Like, what's their funding model? You know, they're all relevant questions. And if they can actually give us a working example of where the countries are, like, you know, which champions are coming from, which countries, and all that kind of stuff, right? Which teams from which leagues? Give us a working example of it. I don't think they know. <laughs> they probably count on one hand the sort of clubs they've got in mind. 
Well, I would have thought they would have had a model, Nathan, like a a demonstration of, okay, well, this is where, you know, these leagues, this is where it's coming from. These are the teams. That's how, you know, and that's how it extrapolates out. Look, for mine, I think you're not going to get the English clubs involved in any change on that. They're very much tied to the Premier League and to UEFA and the Champions League as it stands. Mm. That's not going to happen. That's not going to change. Same thing with the German clubs. You're not going to get them involved mm-hmm. because of their the structure of the clubs. Mm-hmm. The supporters are not going to be up for it. Mm-hmm. Even the likes of Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, who are dominant clubs in their leagues, mm-hmm. relatively, mm-hmm. you're not going to get them to sign up for a Super League format. It's not going to happen. You're also not going to get Paris Saint-Germain involved because Nasser Al-Khalifi is the chair of the ECA, the European yes. Clubs Association, who's yes. um, part of UEFA. So they're off the table as well. So that is the biggest clubs in England, France, Germany, gone. Not coming. No matter what your proposal is, it's not happening. They know about PSG. So what have you got left? I don't know about PSG. What? You don't know if uh, you'd want them in there in the first place? or mm-hmm. the... Both. <laughs> <laughs> you could look at, it could be either one or all, right? <laughs> one or the other. Um, yeah, look, there are, if they do this right and there's a groundswell, then you will see pressure being applied to the likes of UEFA and the ECA. I think the ECA would go first. It would. Then UEFA. And the way you would do it is you would start this new format with clubs of Real Madrid, Barcelona, maybe Atletico Madrid if you can convince them to join because the problem is half the clubs you want, more than half, 80% of the clubs you would want have already put out a statement this week saying they're not involved Mm. and they don't want to be involved. Mm. But you get clubs from Spain, you get clubs from Portugal, you get clubs from Italy, Mm Mm-hmm. And clubs from Greece and Turkey. Uh-huh. Make it like a Southern European uh-huh. Super League type thing. Uh-huh. You break that away from the Champions League. Then UEFA's got next to nothing. Uh-huh. They've got the Premier League, Bundesliga, and maybe that's it. Maybe France. Uh-huh. And the other some of the other small small smaller northern northern European teams. Yep. A couple seasons of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Porto, Real Madrid, Juventus, uh-huh. and everyone's getting excited about that. Then these clubs like Bayern Munich and Arsenal and Liverpool are on the outside looking in. It's like, mm. they're getting more money. I want a piece of that. Mm. Then the narrative will shift. Correct. And, and I think longer term, that's how it looks It looks like it. And UEFA can turn around and say, well, let them start with two clubs, right? Well, history will show that um, it's always taken two clubs to start off anything anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You> yep. <know? laughs> so, I mean, that was just a silly comment. And very dismissive and arrogant. And I, I, I didn't like I actually just thought, you know what? Let's just hear the proposal. Let's just see what it is. Let's flesh it out rather than just be instantly dismissive of it and say, you know, someone's got to control the game. Well, you have done a piss poor <laughs> job of it to begin with. It's got to be someone's top. Might as well be us. That is that is not yeah. sound logic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and that's where this is coming from, right? So, um, yeah. So, anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, 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 You're super leaked out already, Lash. You were so keen for this new format and you've already had enough of it. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't want to – I'm cognizant of going over the top of it because I just think what I'm really annoyed about is the fact that people have just been so dismissive of it mm. in the media in particular, in the English media in particular, defending the you know the football governing bodies who have done a, at times a poor job of administering the game anyway. And in particular, UEFA, as has been yeah. evidenced by so many a catalogue of incidents over the last few years. Yes. 
Yes, it's, so, a, it's a laundry list. So why issues that you're yes. waiting to put up? So why should they be the be all and end all? Oh and, no, I, I'm I'm all for changing your wafer. So as of how we go about that, correct, and what we arrive with, what's our destination? Correct, correct, and that's where a concept like this actually might reinvigorate uh, people's excitement around the you know these type of European leagues. Yes, let's shall we move on? Indeed, let's stay in Europe. Okay, because there's a, a few Aussie stories and A League stories that we can cover off cool. a little bit later on, but uh, we'll get all the European stuff. In a one nice, neat little package. Sure. Well, I don't know uh, if it's going to be a neat little package based on <laughs> the conversations that we've had so far today. We, we spent half an hour talking about Newcastle and half an hour talking about the Super League. So, <laughs> oh, and half an hour talking about Man U. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool didn't even get a mention. Oh, no, Liverpool did get a mention mm. once mm. briefly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're on top, aren't they? Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, oh, Laz, I want to take you. Hang on, hang on. We need to talk about handball just so you for the next, oh, the next half no. hour. Oh, no. Go on. no, no, we'll come back to that. No, 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 okay. no, no. All I'm going to oh. say, all I'm going to say is Arsenal, right? And Odegaard, how is that not a handball? <laughs> and that'll do, and, and see, like, I've was having this discussion with someone over the Christmas barbecue at lunch. How is that not a handball? I do not yep. understand handball these days. Nobody does. And, and, that's, the and, and, and that's what the problem is, right? Because <laughs> if you look at that, oh, he was falling. And? Mm. That's my response. And? Is, yeah. it ha- is it handball? Yes. By I know what you're going to say. By the rule that they're applying, it's not. But that's damn handball. <laughs> and don't tell me it's not. <laughs> Oh, yes. We've been over this many times. I, I'm glad I've had you, trying I'm, to make it black and white. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. That that was yeah. handball. That that should have been called handball. Oh, it should have been. It should have been. According to the rule book, no, but it should have been. The rule book's an ass. It is. It is. Oh, well, I you know, IFAB's an ass. Yep. Oh, FIFA's copped it, UEFA's copped it, IFAB's copped it. Told you the Grinch. Yep. <laughs> My wife's gonna laugh it... because that's what she told me. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, such a grinch I'm not. I said I love Christmas. But uh <laughs> yeah, when Newcastle lose, no, I can be a bit of a grinch, but that's all right. Mm. Yeah, Newcastle lost a day coming for everyone. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everyone's in the firing line. Nobody's safe. Not even you, Last... Nathan Gould. Yeah. <laughs> Laz, I want to take it to Holland. Yep. Because I'm sure you would have seen this. I did see in, this. I had in the feeling, Dutch Cup. Yes. Oh, man. I thought uh, about Michael, Michael Valkanis as well. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, John, Johnny Van Schip and uh, Michael Valkanis, they've uh, got a new fighter put out because in the uh, the KNVB Cup, Ajax have been knocked out to a fully amateur team. How many Playing divisions? in the fourth division. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fully amateur. Hercules. I don't know of, how on earth Hercu- Hercules of where? They're, they're my new favorite Dutch team because they're, they're Hercules, right? They'd be, a, yep. a, a, you know, wearing blue and white, sister club of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in Greece, which is yep. Hercules uh, in Greek. Mm-hmm. Yep. Based in uh, Utrecht. So Hercules Utrecht. Well done. Mm, yes. They have knocked out the biggest club in the land. Not the best club at the moment, but an incredible, incredible story. Three two as well. It wasn't. I was going to say it was three two. One nil and no. And hang on, and hang on. It no, was it was not that. <laughs> up two nil. Yep. Conceded two. 
mm-hmm. and and scored the winner in the in injury time or just just before injury time. Yeah, right at the end of the game. It's just yeah, incredible, amazing, amazing story. Absolutely nuts. That's why I love football. It's incredible. Yep. Absolutely incredible. Love it. Love it. Love it. And uh, yes, I I think Johnny Van Ship was still on break at the moment. I think yes. he was still in this part of the world. Yeah, because his son was getting married, mm. uh, I believe. Uh, but uh, he wouldn't have enjoyed waking up and seeing that headline. Yeah, that's for sure. That would have been a real shit of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to say the least. To say the least. <laughs> um, but yeah. I've... Did you see that um, the housemates are one of the goal scorers? Uh, no. Tim Peters. He's uh, all his housemates had right. a bet on for the game. Oh wow! All, okay. Each of them bet fifteen euros on How him good. to score and uh, Hercules to knock Ajax out of the cup. How good is that? How good indeed. How good and is that? And they all That's won unreal. 11 and a quarter thousand euros on a 15 euro bet. Not bad. Brilliant. Merry Christmas. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, that's just unreal. That's fantastic. That really is good. And good on them. Good on them. Mm. Look, uh, let's hope they can go all the way. Wouldn't that be an even bigger story? If they could knock out Ajax, they could knock oh, out anybody. It'd be amazing. Mm. It'd be amazing. It'd be like, um, I've forgotten the name of that club in Germany now, the third division club. So what the name escapes me. The one that knocked out Bayern Munich and Eintracht Saarbrücken. Saarbrücken. That's the one. Saarbrücken. Yes. That'd be an amazing feat. Yeah. Love a but good cup run. There you go. Exactly right. you got to love a good cup run. Um, do you want to stay in Europe? Uh, if you've got something... I'm happy to, but uh, I'm I've, also happy to move on if you want. Okay, well, I've got something. I've got a couple of things, right? But mm-hmm. um, one that's related to Europe, but not exactly. It also relates to South America. Julian Alvarez. Okay. Yep. Completed football at the age of 23. Thank you very much. Yes. Right. In, and it, absolute, it looks like it because his performances have dropped off massively. Absolutely <laughs> insane, insane record that kid has. Shit, like, honestly, that's just... With winning the FIFA Club World Cup, there is not a unless he moves leagues, there is not another mm. trophy room to win at the age of twenty three. Just incredible. Good luck to him. Very, yep. You know, good luck to him. Um, the he hasn't been playing well of late though. No, no, no. And look, you know, didn't play all that well this morning either. But um, yes, um, Newcastle. I was just going to touch on this Newcastle just quickly. We're back here already. <laughs> Sam Sam Marino football. I thought you were going to say Sam Aldice there. I was like, uh, no, gee, no. they replaced Eddie Howe pretty quick. No, that's right. Sam Marino did, mm-hmm. tweet, did tweet after Boxing Day if um, Newcastle United could go play them, which I thought that was quite funny. Painful, but funny. Yeah, they would put how many past them? I don't know. Uh, goodness knows, but yes. I mean, Final score, know, Newcastle 0, Sam Marino 10. Something like that. I, I don't know <laughs> if it would quite, quite be like that. It's, San Marino have only scored in their last three games. They haven't won <laughs> a game for like, you know, 12 years or something. So there you go. So I actually found that quite humorous nonetheless. Um, but there's been a um, a post on social media with regards to a parent in, of an under eight team. So a parent um, is a member of an under eight team WhatsApp chat. Right. I don't know if you've seen this. No, I haven't. Okay. It's quite worrying. And look, I mean, as a parent who is part of a team's, you know, a child's team's group WhatsApp chat, um, bearing in mind this is under eight, right? I'm just going to find this. Uh, the parent isn't named, which 
thankfully is good because the for the welfare of the child because I worry about the welfare of the child I can tell you just quietly mm. basically this parent takes to the WhatsApp chat and says that was damn embarrassing making the same continuous mistakes and not rectifying it I gave up counting after 15 times at a goal kick passing to beep who is two feet away on the right adjacent to the keeper who only has one option to pass to and like goes through the whole technical thing right no sticking up for each other. They were literally, this is under eight children. No sticking up for each other. They were literally bullying our players and not one time did I see anyone standing up for each other. They had two players running through, five of us every time, and we could not pick them as we were running around like headless chicken. Right? There's been no progression in the three odd months. We need to work in twos or threes, creating triangles, vertical possessions to move <laughs> forward. I counted only two times in the whole match that we strung three passes or more together. <laughs> We need to interchange positions so if a defender moves forward, someone goes back and vice versa. We need to press the ball players and mark their players when we don't have the ball and move away from their players creating at least two options when in possession. I'm sure no parent or kids like being humiliated as we were today and seeing oh. seems an every week occurrence. Please watch any football match and assess how everything is trigonometry-based shapes in possession moving forward with the... So, Regards from a frustrated parent who doesn't like being humiliated like that. More than happy to assist in coaching the team when available from work. <laughs> Sounds like they should get their badges. Do you believe that? It, that? That is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. The line about running around like headless chickens, isn't that the point of like under single digits football? Pretty much. That's what they do. <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. I get frustrated with the best of them, right? But I coach and I've seen it and it's frustrating coaching them, but that's what they, it's just what they do, right? Ball, ball, ball. <laughs> but, oh, uh, that's at, ridiculous. That is ridiculous. At other rates, even though, the, like, you know, children were still playing for two or three years, mm. they were still facing the wrong way at times. <laughs> and had to be reminded. And you wanted hey, to know about pressing traps and build out from the back. <laughs> and that it's just, and it's just plain trigonometry. <laughs> And it, and I hope listening to that or reading that, somebody like, you know, that you actually reflect on what it is that you do. And, and I have to say that the football associations around here, so Canterbury, St. George and others, do like to put those signs out saying, this is not the World Cup. This is, you know, be quiet. Let the kids enjoy the, you know. Mm. The kids should only listen to the coaches anyway. And the parents will, unfortunately, you can't control what they said in the cars on the way home or whatever the case is, right? But, yeah, it's um, uh, it makes you reflect on what why children would bother playing if they're going to be subject to that kind of stuff. I mean, the eight-year-old kid on the way home would not even have an idea about what trigonometry is, let alone, you know, <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to play a high press and we're going to just pass and triangulate, you yep. know. And we're going to overload the right side of the field and then hit a switch to find the space on the other side. Are you yep. kidding Nine aside, <laughs> under 11s next year, it will probably be the first time we talk about an overload, if that. Mm. It may not even be. Yeah, so I thought it was important to share that one. I mean, one for the slightly absurd nature of it, but also because it just makes you think about, you know, hey, it just reiterates about just letting kids be kids. And look, we all fall into those kind of traps at times, right? Mm -hmm. but, but yes, you just need to remember kids are kids and just let them try and play the game as much as they enjoy it. Indeed, but, um, indeed. Yes. Especially at under eights. Like, come on. Absolutely. Five aside, mind you. So, I mean, that's what yeah, they are anyway. Yeah, but yeah. 
Yeah, exactly right. Um, yes. Now, elsewhere in Europe, Como, Lake mm-hmm. Como. Mm. Yep, beautiful part of the world. Yeah, being managed by Cesc Fabregas. Uh, mm-hmm. They're streaming their games. First European club to do so. Streaming we talked about games. this did last we? week. Did we? We did. Okay, we did. I saw it again then. I'm sorry, forgive me. It's, it's, it's a senior citizen's moment. I'm getting deja vu. Great, good. So I'll move on to that then. No, but I think that's a great move, right? And it, it, it obviously relates to what, you know, a similar strain of uh, discussion around what well, I talking about with regard to the Super League. Um, mm-hmm. Roy Keane had some comments on, uh, you know, being this festive season, and I want to credit Copper 90 with uh, with uh, this with his post. Right? Go on. They're supposed to be pulling this Santa's sleigh, but they <laughs> – sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need my glasses for this. They are supposed to be pulling Santa's sleigh, but they're busy playing reindeer games. Right? They need to <laughs> – but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, they need to focus on delivering presents. Right? That's their job. Why does Rudolph have a shiny nose? Showboating. <laughs> so they Copper Knighty have a great. Um, yeah, they had a a great post with you know Gary Neville, Graham Sooners, and Alan McCoy and Roy Keane having uh, ingest quotes attributed to them. But I found that one about Rudolph to be uh, to be quite funny, and we're yes. feeling, feeling quite festive nonetheless. Very funny, very funny. I thought it was quite good. I thought it was quite good. Um, <laughs> Gives me an opportunity to talk about uh, Roy Keane's film reviews as well. Oh, I've not this seen this. Video. I heard this. <laughs> it's not... a Twitter account. Is it? They do oh, great. Plot awesome. points for uh, certain films as if Roy Keane was analysing them. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to follow that. I'm it's gonna... gold. It I'm is absolutely to... gold. I'm going to have to follow that. I am going to have to follow that. Um all right, here you go. I've got, I've got one for you. Oh, okay, go on. <clears throat> I was going to be serious for a second, but go for it. <laughs> okay. I, I hope you've uh, seen this film. Which one? I'm sure you have. So, Roy Keane would say, you shouldn't have to create a whole fellowship to help one lad do a simple job. If he needs that much support, then he's clearly not cut out for this level. This is about the future of Middle Earth we're talking about right here. But you've got <laughs> to get your tactics right. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. That's quite funny. <laughs> He's That's a bit cool. of a pantomime, isn't he, Roy Keane? It's it's great. I think I think I think he knows it as well, which is good. Yep. Right. So <laughs> it's it's really good. Between I mean, your uh, Christmas one, Roy Keane's film reviews, Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. Yeah. It's 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 funny. It's so funny. <laughs> oh dear. Um there's been a bit of upheaval in Greece with regards to um Panathinaikos and their new coach. Oh, do tell. They so they sacked Ivan Ivanovic, who got them to second last season. And Greece is a bit of a basket case at the moment with regards to um the league and the league obviously not having supporters uh attend grounds till um till the end of February, I believe. Um but um so Panathinaikos have um sacked Ivan Ivanovic just prior to Christmas and appointed Fadi Tarim, the ex-Turkey national manager. And right, he's okay. been a coach of um, clubs in Turkey and Europe in Europe as well. And um, there's been a bit of uh, consternation around the appointment because they weren't – the apparently a lot of the Panathinaikos fans are not happy with the way that this was handled and uh, with who's been appointed and how they've been appointed in particularly. And um, – so it's a bit of a watch the space at the moment with regards to Greek football and what's happening there because 
as we said uh, last week as well, that Maranakis is no longer, so the owner of Nottingham Forest, no longer the, it's still owner of Olympiakos, but no longer the chairman of the Super League in Greece. Um, and likewise, the cause of the suspension of supporters going to uh, games is because a police officer was attacked um, outside of um, Olympiakos's uh, training grounds in a prearranged hooligans meeting between mm, right. the three biggest clubs. Unfortunately, this officer passed away yesterday. Mm, okay. And uh, a flare was actually um, fired at him, and that's what's actually caused this whole uh, – This he was injured uh, in hospital for days, and but unfortunately he lost his battle last night. And um, the supporters of um, Panathinaikos and Libyakos and Ake and – um, have were blamed for this, although yes, there's we, there's a bit of consternation with the round and similar to Dutch football, where hey, the ultras are paid by allegedly paid by club management. Similar case in Greece, right? Is the allegation, right? And yep. and now the, the shit has hit the fan with regards to to a police officer being murdered. In effect, uh, the trouble is, is that the police might come down hard on these hooligans, but we don't know what the justice system is going to do in yeah. case, right? So, um, yeah, very, very murky times with regards to supporter clubs, with regards to supporters, the football clubs and their administration and the league and other socio-political issues, um, if I can put them that way. Um, That's a nice, neat way of putting it. Yes, yes. Uh, so, and this... Fatty Tarim has also um, apparently got links to the uh, Turkish president, uh, Erdogan. So, and there is always consternation about his support and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I said it's a bit of a watch this space with regards to the socio-cultural, political dimensions of uh, Greek football at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Unfortunately, I and... don't see good news coming out of there in uh, in the months to come. No, no. But let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> Uh, there's also been more issues in Turkey in the last week or two mm. regarding club presidents and referees and uh, just, it's all a bit crazy, isn't it? That you see moments like this, beat in Greece, beat in Turkey, beat mm. anywhere, really. We should mention though, Maracas is actually uh, buying uh, into Rio Ave, the Portuguese club as well. Mm. Yeah, which, he is. Which, I saw know, that. Mm. Which um, is one of your favourite pit topics about multi-club oh. ownership. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the Christmas gift that keeps on giving, Nathan. Multi-club ownership. Uh, football colonialism, yes. That's what we should call it. I, I do like that term, I have to say. I'm glad you've yeah. coined that phrase. The uh, the Maranakis Empire, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's um, That's a, a different podcast altogether. We could do a special yeah. on that, you know. We already did, Laz. We already did. Remember we had Jason Stevenson? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Maranakis uh, Empire. <laughs> Right. Not Jason Stevens. <laughs> and in regards to Jason Stevens, he's doing some great work, actually. Uh, if you follow him in link, on LinkedIn, please do, because his um, recent posts on on the multi-club ownership have been fascinating, to say the least. They've been crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and mm. it's not going to stop. But we've been uh, over that many times this year, Laz. And that's a highlight of the year, Nathan. If I can use that oh. as a segue. Wonderful. 
<laughs> Watching you get riled up about it, and I mean, you know, long, long may it last. <laughs> uh, it, it's going to last for a very long time, so yeah, uh, it's I, know, I know, I know, <laughs> it's uh, right. but so, we're not. As long as it doesn't boil your blood, it doesn't get your blood boiling and your blood pressure is okay, Nathan. And it's you know, it's okay. No, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just one guy here sitting on a podcast. I can't change the world, can I? Yes, you can. What one, <laughs> one step at a time, one pot at a time. That's it, <laughs> Laz. We're going to talk about our highlights mm-hmm. in a little bit, mm-hmm. but I want to run through some of the uh, news stories in Aussie football. I thought we were, I, I thought we were knocking off early. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, a few quick ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like uh, Harry Kuehl to uh, Yokohama is a done deal. Yes, I saw that. That's interesting. And that's three Aussie managers in a row, which is uh, interesting for from a Yokohama perspective. But also, I think it's make or break time for Harry Kuehl as a manager after Agreed. troublesome stints in the uh, lower English leagues. Agreed. And uh, this is like, look, really... After Ange winning the league at Yokohama, Kevin Musker winning the league there as well. And going Harry second Kuehl has this to follow year. suit. Yeah. And going second has this to follow year. suit. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, um, he does. He does indeed. Hopefully. And good um, luck to Harry. Good luck to Harry. Hopefully yeah, it works out absolutely. for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we should also mention that um, Charlie Grant mm-hmm. is uh, on a way to the UK to sign for Tottenham. Yes. Yes. I've seen great this. Great move. It is a great move. Mm-hmm. It is a great move. Um, I think it'll work out well for her. Over there, yeah, I think so too. And I think she it's... is there any reason why? Uh, look, I was, I'm just trying to see exactly where we can get her in the team because you can't really, right? Unless you put Carpenter into the center, like into the center half position or the center back oh. position, as I would like to say, right? Yeah, you know, um, because geez, we've got some talented defenders, yeah, that we do in, in the women's football ranks, mm. you know. We've got some depth there, so hopefully um, – and, and she's only going to get better there. She's going to add to the oh, depth 100%. of the Matildas, yeah. Yeah, and it's – maybe you could do – maybe you could shift Catley into a back three. Mm, mm, mm. And then you have Grant and Carpenter on the on, on the flanks. Mm. But then you take someone out of the attack and who you're dropping out of uh, Ford, Razzo, Balaker. It's probably Razzo of the four that you would choose, but – She's yeah. such an asset to the team. She's she's so it's a, it's a bit of a headache for Tony G to sort it out. It is, yeah. Uh, also, it uh, looks but, like. Um, but that back to your point though, there, Nathan. Mm. By doing so, by doing that back three, doesn't mean and taking Russo out doesn't mean that we would actually stop just trying to play the ball to Sam all the time. <laughs> how do we I mean... how do we eradicate that from the game? <laughs> Aside from actually, and you don't want to bench. Sam Kerr, right? I don't want to be that controversial and say, hey, yeah, ben- bencher, right? Not at all. Bench the second play- best player yeah, in the world, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What does this guy from Sydney know, right? Yeah. But, um, but I think if we, there just is that propensity, we've discussed it before, where they just want to go route one for some reason, somehow, or it seems that way, passable to midfield, then from midfield, just get it to Sam. No, fucking no. It comes from the dugout. It's just you have to inspire confidence in the rest of your team that Correct. not passing to Sam is the or passing to Sam is not the only option you've got. Mm. Right? You're allowed to pass to someone else. You're allowed to let Sam have five minutes without having to make a running behind or 
find a layoff pass or something like that and involve Sam. You don't have to involve Sam in the play every time you get on the ball. And if she's being marked, you've got to get her into space. Exactly. And if she's being marked, if she's being double marked, that means someone else is free. Correct. Go find them. But you yes. You've sort you've we've just sorted the Matilda's problem. <laughs> Tony G. <Dick>. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh Laz, another Matilda looks like that they are on the move. Mm-hmm. With uh Chids. Yes. Announcing that uh they are departing their Digitus. Mexican club. Yes. Digitus, yes. Digitus. Looks like they're on their way back to Melbourne. Yeah. And then, look, Chids will probably leave Melbourne again then mm. and head either back to the US or, or Mexico. Um, yeah, because I, 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 Melbourne victory, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, because she had a great, great season there last, or a great half season there last season. Yeah, and it was uh, put out on the on the club website that Chidiac was added to their squad. She's only going to improve Melbourne victory. Without a statement, mind you. Yeah. Just added to the squad list on the website as a player profile. That's it. Just, you know, low key. That's cool. Yep. Well, that's why we like Chids. Like she never left, huh? That's it. <laughs> but we can look forward to seeing Alex Chidiak in the A-League Women's for the next few weeks. Hopefully for the rest of the season. It'll be just a joy to watch. Yeah. Well, she'll tear the league apart again. Yep. <laughs> you know. So, uh, good luck to her and hopefully her um, stay with the victory is a good one. Hopefully. Uh, Laz, A-League front. Marco Tulio is off. He's saw gone. Saw that. Saw that. To Japan. Big life-changing opportunity for him, which is good to see. Yep. And good another player from last season's championship winning team leaves the Mariners. That is, I think, six starters in the six manager. Now. All yep. gone. Yep. And they're doing okay, Nathan. We said that they yep, would be doing, doing okay. Right. And they're doing all right. So I hope They had a slow start, but new manager and a new team will do uh, that. It looks um, like they've turned a corner. Hopefully this isn't a, a big loss for them, though. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on um, Michael Torres now. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Uh, also, Laz, we need to talk about Mark Rudin or Marco Rudin. Marco Rudin. Okay, let's get it right. <laughs> it's, it's Marco Rudin. He went under That's Mark it. Rudin for how many years? <laughs> uh, listen, you know, uh, whilst he was playing. But mm. maybe because it was easier for the, you know, he thought that it was easier for people to pronounce, but that's all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, added... Rudin is a good man. He's a good man. He's added like an him. O to his name, and uh, he uh, got O points out of Wellington last weekend. The uh, hefty bill as well. He was the most <laughs> popular man in Wellington. Right, Thanks for I a change. Say. Yes, he was the most popular man in Wellington. What a class. He was, he was not popular when he left to go to Western United. No, but it, it was a classy move nonetheless, right? Yes. Oh, I, thought it was, I thought it was a great move on his part. Um, and, he, re- you know, he recognised the the role and the impact that they uh, had on him. Now, he wasn't expecting so many punters to <laughs> rock up so quickly, right, to be fair. And uh, he obviously drew the lines at uh, drew the line at Jaeger bombs. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty good on his part, to be fair, because you obviously want uh, people to be coherent watching a game of football rather than actually, you know, uh, uh, bagging the tripe out of you. But um, uh, that was a good move from our class move from yeah, Marco. And a word like that spreads very quickly in Wellington. Seems that way, doesn't it? Yep. If Marco Rudin is buying drinks, then <laughs> you're going to uh, – I'm not surprised there's a hefty bill. <laughs> yes. There you go. There you go. And uh, well, no one offered him a Wellington kiss, which is all right. So there you go. <laughs> so he, he, he left Wellington on good terms. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Oh, uh, more transfer news, Les. Uh-huh. Uh, Jonathan Aspropodamides is off to Korea. 
I didn't see this, but okay. Asperopo mm. Davides is a good player. I li- I've liked him. He's um, Look, he's been an A-league constant for a while. I'm glad that he's getting opportunity to, to go OS and the K-league. Big move. Big move. It it's, is a big move. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Poang Steelers betting for him. And big club in Korea. Whether or not he's up to that level, I have my doubts, but I wish him all the best, that's for sure. I think he'll make the step up. Look, the Koreans are going to have a hard time pronouncing his uh, surname, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, he'll go back to Aspro, I'm sure. I think they will have to call him Aspro over there just to make sure that, <laughs> that, that he can get his name pronounced. But um, no, you never know. You never know. But good luck to Jonathan, and hopefully he makes a real good uh, fist of it over there and and takes the uh, bull by the horns. Nice pun. Thank Lady you, MacArthur. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I did it. <laughs> And uh, yes, the Bulls will be uh, on the lookout for a new centre half, mm. which uh, won't go uh, unnoticed and uh, won't go down too badly either. I don't think. Mm. Uh, good. Asian Cup, Asian yes. Cup. Yes. Before we get into the Socceroos squad, yes. Sounds like Kyra Matoma is going to miss the tournament altogether. Mm. Big loss for Japan. Mm. That is a big loss, actually. Big loss for the tournament, really. I uh, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with mm. you. I agree with you there. I think Japan have. The depth to cover, like They're that doesn't sure. relegate them from no. in contention to win it. One of the favorites to win it and being nowhere, but no, definitely not. They're still favorites for mine. Yeah, they are. Uh, who are you, who are your top four? My top four. Oh, I did have this. Uh what was it? It was Japan, South Korea. I think I said Iran and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, as my semifinals. Wow, wow. I think. Yeah. So you said Japan, South Korea, Iran, Saudi Arabia. I think that's what I said. Socceroos miss out. Socceroos will get, I mean, spoiler alert for coming up in the pod, but I don't think the Socceroos make the semifinals. Okay. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And we'll probably do, and we'll do that, I guess, uh, fresh coming out of the new year. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll yeah, probably do that first step. First yes. Asian Cup previews. Yes. Yes. And uh, AFCON. AFCON as well. Yes. We're yeah. going to absolutely get stuck into those. Pretty much from the uh, the next time you hear from us, I think. Yeah, so we'll do some homework uh, over the uh, new year period. Mm. But yes, no, but I... we're not going to go through each and every one of the no. uh, soccer players in the Asian, no, Asian Cup squad now. Correct. Because we'll do that in a few in a week or two. Mm. But some of the highlights: Jamie okay. McLaren not picked. I was going to stole my thunder. I was going to bring that up, <laughs> considering he scored a hat hat trick again tonight, um, mm. which we'll talk about in a in a few. But and I mean. Yeah, I'm still in shock about that result, mind you, which we'll oh, talk yes. about lately, uh, shortly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's what did you make of that? I actually thought that he handled that pretty well and played it from a PR perspective very well, um, trumping the announcement of the team and saying, hey, I'm not picked. I mean, yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. Um, Personally, I would have taken him. In Okay. In place of who? I would have taken Jamie McLaren over John Idol. I agree with you there. It's great that he's in the squad, John. I'm surprised that Arnie's picked him, to be honest. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you, Nathan. I was very surprised he was picked as well. It's a fair shout. Very fair shout. Why was he picked? Good question. He's done all right in the se- in the second Bundesliga this season. Uh-huh. I think the form of Yengi is more exciting, perhaps. But Jamie McLaren, whilst I know he cops a lot of stick because he's never really done it for the Socceroos, 
Yeah. Why wouldn't it be this time? And I think that's where the issue is. And he look, cops so much stick, Jay McLaren. Yeah, he has. Is it justified? No. I don't mine. think I don't think it is, right? The guy is the all time A League goal scorer. He's up to one hundred and fifty one now, as of tonight. Mm. He's probably the best finisher the A League's ever seen. Mm. Pure finishing. Yeah. He is a he is a poacher. You need to build the team around that to get the best out of him. True. And he's a specialist player. I don't think look, putting him into a Grey Martel Socceroos team doesn't do him justice. But also it doesn't then give people the uh, the opportunity and the, the right to go and say just call him out and call him McTappin and just completely disregard his skills and what he's achieved as a player. Yeah, look, I agree with you with regards to unwarranted criticism to a degree. There have been times where he where you were expecting a McLaren performance in a Socceroos jersey, and I think you would find it hard to disagree that he's at times not delivered. Oh sure, All right, sure. So, so that being the case, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that being the case, I can understand his disappointment. I can understand why, given the current form he's in, if you are taking Fornaroli, why don't you take McLaren? Yeah, for mine, the three obvious ones to take are Duke, Fornaroli, McLaren. In that order. Um, look, I don't mind the side. I think we're a bit light when it comes to midfielders, though. We are. We are. And, and and that's a concern for me. I would have liked to have seen Alex Robertson in the squad. Mm. I would have liked to have seen Mass, of course. Who's retired from international football now. And I believe it is because there's a lot of factors at play here where he is sitting with Ipswich at the moment. The fact that they're on the verge of a promotion tilt. And I think that's what it is. He wants to keep And himself. he's out of contract right. at the end of the season. Correct. This is probably the only chance he's ever going to get to play Premier League football. And from a professional standpoint... You got to wish him all the best because, and hope Absolutely. that they get promoted because uh, it's a completely respectable decision. He's got a, he's at a stage in his career where he's earned that without being criticised. And for Ipswich, Mass is a good cog in the machine, but they're not second in the table because of Luongo Bainey. Correct. Correct. Like if if I'm being honest, he's easily replaceable. Yes. So the consequence of that is you can't afford to disappear for six weeks. Correct. Mid- middle of the season. Correct. Allow yourself to get replaced and then release at the end of the, at the end of this year. Yep. Completely understandable. Yep. And like he's also shown to Kieran McKenna that he's willing to put the club over country. Hmm. And all of that side of it, combined with him being second choice behind Bacchus. Which does not make sense to me, but okay. I think that's the peaking order. Yep. But if you're asking Massimo Longo to put all that club stuff on the line to be a second choice player at the Asian Cup where He's already had his Asian Cup moment, 2015. That goal is incredible. That tournament, he was so good. Mm. I think it's an easy... I th- it would have been an easy decision for him, I think. Yeah. and Combined with him not playing a minute in Russia. Yeah. I, I think it's a, a great call on his part because he's got to do what is right for his career. And at the end of the day, you can't begrudge him that. Mm-hmm. Now, take that aside. We are very, very light when it comes to midfielders. I think, I think we needed... Whilst we're heavy with defenders. Yeah, nine defenders we've taken. Which, if you're going to play a couple of... If you are looking at a couple of defenders pushing into midfield, different story. Happy. Happy with that. But at least say that you that's a possibility. Who? Right? But there's no one there that screams to me, oh, yeah, you can go and play in midfield. Like, if Atkinson may be off the right, on the right flank, perhaps. But Boss on the left? Maybe. 
maybe, but right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I just think we're a touch light. Attackers, I've got no problem with either. I mean, yes. I think Marco Tilio is a bit of a surprise inclusion, big time. Um, I was surprised that he would be taken, mm. but only because, and no disrespect against um, Marco, but I um, thought that he would be kept away from the AFC side because of the Ollie Roos. Yeah. Right, and because... he's only played, what, two games this season. Mm. He's been injured the entire time. And oh. Arnie's been big on, if you're not playing, you won't get picked. So... What's the go here? What's changed? Well, he Tilio, don't forget that he was at you know, Tilio's manager at Sydney FC. Um, he's got a good relationship with the boy. And I think that what you'll find is that Arnold is take one for the team here with regards to the Oliveros, in the sense that he's part of the preparation of the AFC, which will translate into the Oliveros campaign mm, in, in April. Maybe. I maybe. think that's I think maybe. that's what it is. And it'll do a job. The kid's talented. Yeah, we shall hope. And uh, as we'll say, as I say, we'll uh, talk more about the Socceroos and their prospects uh-huh. uh, in the new year. Laz, a couple of uh, little snippets before we get into our uh, highlights and prospects yep. for uh, the new year. Were you going to mention Ross Aloisi? Yes. yes. We need to talk about Ross Aloisi. Yes. It's completely zero our Brisbane season. Gone. Brisbane are done. Gone. They're done. They will and, not make the six. And, not and a we, chance. And we saw that this, like we saw that early this evening. Yep, losing eight-one, uh, record equaling defeat in the A League across any club. Mm. It is a team who was absolutely on the rocks, on the ropes now, mm. and that defending on show was horrific. The midfield showing was horrific. Melbourne and, City could have scored at any time. Yep, any any time they went forward, you thought, okay, they're going to score. They could have scored 15 tonight. Yeah. You didn't think that a defender would actually try and prevent a goal from happening. Mm -hmm. The marking was just all over the place. It was just so loose. I felt so. The line was all over the place. There was no midfield. The amount of times that Brisbane would lose the ball in the final third in Mm. City's box, Mm. they would clear it, and there's just nobody Mm. in the midfield. Mm. Nobody at all. It was insane. How many balls did Page try to ping to McLaren? Yeah, great one for the second goal. Second goal, third goal. I don't know. Yeah. I've lost count. I, how I, many I, there I, I, I think it was the third goal. Yeah, <laughs> that was the third so, goal. But he, he tried. were playing like a five-zero-five formation, and pretty much that's what it looked like. Or yeah. actually, a two-three-five. Mm. It was just yeah, all over the place. And I don't know where they go from here. To be honest, Brisbane. They, I mean, they're going down the standings. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I hope they can c- kind of come back because they're a better side. I don't side. see it. No, me neither. Look, I think they're a better side than what they've shown in recent weeks, but that was just abominable. Uh, I mean, I feel sorry for Brisbane supporters as well because Same. they made the cup final earlier in the season. They had seven weeks where they were looking very good. They were in the top four. They mm. were surprise packets along with Wellington and the Bulls. Mm. But out goes Ross Aloisi, and fair enough to Ross Yep, going to... China to be mm. Muskie's assistant, bit of a surprise because he's been because he's the manager now that he would uh, almost relegate himself to being assistant. But must, must be a very good packet. It's yep, got to be, and, and you can't blame me for it. No, not whatsoever. And now it's just damage limitation, I think, for Brisbane. Mm. Yeah, no, it's I a shame because a that shame. club has been in the doldrums for many years now. Yeah, and look, I think off the park 
with Kaspertafta coming in and uh, his team, I think that they're actually off the park looking okay. But then what that you know, as compared to what's gone on previously, um, but on the field, yeah, it's a concern now. Hopefully they can turn it around, Nathan. Hopefully they can turn it around because I would like to see Brisbane, you know, fighting for the six. Yeah. Well, look, it's not going to get any worse than tonight for Brisbane. No. You would hope tonight has to be rock bottom. That's got to be a record score in the A League too, from memory. Yeah, I think it's record equaling. Yeah. 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 Um, because there's been a couple of what nine twos. Yeah. I think. Mm. Um, I think but... there's been a seven, but I, I can't. Yeah. I mm. don't recall the nine, but yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Um, but you're thinking yeah. of the you're thinking of the EPL Southampton. No, that's nine nil. Nine nil. Game that's between Sydney right. and the Central Coast. Okay, maybe about. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're right. Is that nine two seven two? I, I think it was seven two. Maybe it was seven two. Yeah, I think it was seven two. It was a New Year's Eve. Well, happy New Year. <laughs> there you go. Yes, at and Central Merry Coast Christmas too. To, That's, uh, yeah, it was at Central Coast. Yeah. Yeah, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> 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 to quote Home Alone. Yes. It is the season. <laughs> uh, Laz, any more talk on A-League or shall we go into... Wellington. You want to talk about Wellington? Yes. I do. Top of the league. An amazing season. Chiefy's doing a great job. He is. Brilliant job. Is. No one thought they'd be top. And... You might say they were gifted the winner against the Wanderers. Yeah. Yes. Slightly. That's fair. Just quietly. Yes. <laughs> but, but still a great result. 2 0. Yeah. The second and... goal the second goal was no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're having a fantastic time of it. I think some of the players in that Wellington team are up there with the best in the league. Mm, agree. Can they sustain it? Go in the other direction. I've got my doubts. Mm-hmm. I've got some question marks about the defense. If they can be caught out. Mm. They got a good goal, young goalkeeper though. I have to give them they that. They do, they do. And if it wasn't for Alex Paulson, they wouldn't be top of the league. I'm, I'm certain of that. I agree with you there. No, but Wellington looked the goods, Nathan. They do. Uh, they do. I, I just hope that they can sustain it. Um, where do we put the Wanderers, Melbourne victory, Melbourne City? Like as far as the top six race is concerned, uh, top four women, I think, stays a, as is. Actually, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Only CFC, yeah. yeah. Only CFC may because they got three games in hand on everyone can get in there, but I think the top four is pretty much it's them and, and Sydney FC, yeah. Um, which for the benefit of those listening, I'll just uh, go through quickly if my phone will let me. I love my phone. I really need a new one. I should stop banging it whilst I'm watching Newcastle. <laughs> you should ask Santa for a new one. Uh, I I am getting a new one, but um, yes, I just uh, have to bide my time. The, you know what the biggest thing is with regards to these phones? Mm. It's just change. You know, like the backing up and the changing. All oh, that's just cumbersome. Really, is it does my head in that kind of stuff. I just have no patience for it. I'm quite a patient man. You're doing it, you're doing it wrong, then, Lars. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> if you're what well, if you're spending like hours setting up a new phone, you're doing it wrong. No, it doesn't take hours. I just can't be asked backing up the phone and just doing all that kind of stuff. Just, uh, I, I don't back anything up when I get a new phone. Oh, awesome! Because no, 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 no. All my oh. contacts are saved on my Google account, as of my photos. So I just sign into my Google account on my new phone. It's all there. Ah, uh, see, fair enough. Mm. That's what You're... I'm doing. I, I'm not. A, I, I don't like backing things up to the cloud. But there you go. That's just right. Me. Okay. 
I'm, I'm just an old-fashioned bastard when it comes to that. <laughs> well, no. you can sit there and back things up then. No, yeah, I know, I know. But, Take oh, it away, should... you back it up. Yeah. <laughs> the old bastard. Yeah, that's old bastard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Melbourne City, Perth Glory. So this is the A-League women's Melbourne City, um, further ahead after um, this evening's result, which was a great game, actually, mind you. Oh, yeah. I complain about eight goals. And one that throws away the uh, expected XG thing because Brisbane had a higher (laughs) XG thing. Anyway, Melbourne City (laughs) are in first, first, second. (laughs) That's another highlight of the year, by the way. Wellington Phoenix (laughs) is third. (laughs) Melbourne Victory fourth. Uh, West United in fifth. Sydney FC in sixth. Central Coast seventh. Newcastle Jets eighth. And Brisbane Raw, Western City Wanderers, Adelaide United and Canberra rounding out the bottom. Um, so, yeah, top four in the A-League women's, top six in the A-League men's, and I think the top six has got a bit of a way to go. It does. It does. There's change plenty to expect in the A-League men's between now and the end of the season. Mm, yep. You asked me where we sit with the Victory City and the Wanderers. Mm. And Adelaide United for that matter too. It's a funny one. That's the thing. I find every single team in the A-League men this season pretty vulnerable. Sydney FC like, very vulnerable, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I find every team, there's ways to beat every team, and it's not that difficult to beat any team in, in this league, maybe with the exception of the victory who haven't lost yet. But uh-huh. I think there's chinks in the armour for the Wanderers. Melbourne City are starting to come good, but you can't take much from tonight's result because Brisbane were just that bad. Brisbane is still in sixth after uh, the shellacking they copped. Yeah, they won't be by the end of the round. No, by the end of the round they won't be, but yeah. I think every team... Jeez. I mean, because I'm expecting Brisbane to drop out of the six now. Same. And MacArthur having a blip at the moment. Two losses on the bounce. That second half over in Perth was terrible. Yes. They deserve to lose that. Yep. And if you were passing the game at Campbelltown against Wellington off as a blip, then... Playing Perth is the perfect antidote for that, to get back on the horse and to get back to winning ways. You lose that again. Then, as we are here, it's not looking good. So I think the top four are probably going to be the top four in a different order. I think think Central Coast can get into the six. That last spot, I don't know. I don't know that last spot. It's it's up for grabs. It's up for grabs. It's between MacArthur, Adelaide, and Sydney. I don't think Sydney will make the six. I think they'll still turn it around. They can still turn around. around. They can still turn around, and there's a long way to go. But geez, they've been woeful. They've they been have. woeful, and 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 I think I think they lose tomorrow. Both I think men, they do too. I, I think both men's and women's lose tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I subscribe to that. Mm. I'd like to argue with you, but I, I won't. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, but Sydney play Wellington tomorrow in both uh, the, the men's and the women's. Will, yep. In the men's and the women's, the backpacks will probably know the result of that before. Uh, you listen to this pod, but the game after this for Sydney is against Brisbane. That's the litmus test. Yeah, yeah. Beat Brisbane, and it's on. The season comeback is on. Don't beat Brisbane, and I think rule them out. Because uh, they've also got Adelaide in the um, Unite round as well. Yeah. Which is a tricky one. Mm. And, yeah, we're getting to the point now where rubber's got to hit the road. Mm. If they beat Wellington, well, then... Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then there's no question. The... They're absolutely going to be in contention for for the sixth, mm. but it's an interesting time of year, isn't it, Les? That it is, Nathan. And look, New Year's Day. I, lo- I like the look of this derby coming up. 
Western Sydney and MacArthur, mm. uh, the Western Sydney Derby. If we call it's, it that, I don't know what we call it. I don't know what we Battle of the West. I don't know. It's, it sounds very rugby league, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> uh, we need something. Yeah, we do. Um, but, the, gra- the greater Western Sydney Derby. No, that sounds too AFL. Yeah, it does. Um, well, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in any case, that's going to be a cracking game on New Year's Day. Paramount Stadium. I might be um, heading out there. Mm. We'll see. Depends awesome. how uh, the night before goes. <laughs> I'll be having a nice quiet one on New Year's Eve, I can tell you. <laughs> we'll see. Um, oh, no, I can tell you, or we'll be having a nice quiet one. <laughs> As for yourself, well, hey, who mm. knows? Yes, uh, but that should be fun. But, Laz, have we gotten to the point of the episode tonight where we can uh, zoom out a bit? Absolutely. Let's go for it. And Nathan. have a, a little uh, ponder on Did, some of our highlights and you, uh, looking ahead to 24. Yes. I'm going to ask you straight up, Laz. Okay. What go. was your football highlight for 2023? Oh, man. How long's a piece of string? Seriously. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. I've got a few. Yeah. I'll try and narrow it down, but I've got a few. Newcastle United finishing fourth in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Big tick. Yep. Um, also, the Women's World Cup is probably the highlight of the year for me. Incredible, incredible tournament. Um, incredibly well received here in Australia and New Zealand, but in particular in Australia. And it just gave everyone a little bit of a taste as to what a World Cup, a men's World Cup would be like here. Unfortunately, we're not never going to seem to experience that here in Australia. Um, But, well, or if we do, it won't be till at least 2046 or 2050. Mm. Um, At which point, you know, I'll be an old bastard. Um, (laughs) <laughs> well, 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 and truly an old bastard, an older bastard, yes, an old, an older <laughs> bastard. Um, yes, yeah, so that was uh, that that was an incredible month of football and an incredible highlight. Uh, what else was a highlight? Um, I'm going to say Central Coast winning the A League as well was a highlight for me, and you know, in those kind of circumstances, in a crazy, mm-hmm. crazy ass game, absolutely yep. crazy ass game. Um, National Second Division. Not sure if that's considered a highlight, and I've actually, and the reason why I mentioned that is because I've got something on that which I'll um, share with you later. Um, Ooh. But Ooh. oh, just really, with, my interest with rele- relevant to one of the clubs, which actually occurred during this week, which is uh, a bit um, a bit nuts. But anyway, um, more on that later. But yeah, so look, it's I think it's been a positive year for football in Australia in particular because primarily because of the Women's World Cup. Now it's a question of, as we've said before, what do we do with the you know, what's the afterwash of this event? And hopefully, hopefully, the Unite Round is a good leverage, you know, something that we can actually leverage. It's, you know, it's a good, uh, good, you know, feel good factor associated with that. Um, and we see player registrations up. I mean, they already are up, but you just want to see. Uh, people enjoy football and, and more people, you know, join the fold and get involved. So um, other than that, Nathan, you know, there really wasn't much else to write home about because Manchester City won the Premier League. Manchester City won the FA Cup. Manchester City won the, you know, the uh, Champions League. They win the, me. They win the World <laughs> Club Cup as well. So, And the only thing that was missing from their trophy cabinet was the League Cup. Mm. 
which they didn't win because they lost to Nathan Jones. That's right. Of all managers. <laughs> and, you know, Barcelona win La Liga. Yep. I feel another good story was Napoli winning the Serie A. That was a highlight too. That was a highlight too, considering, um, you know, 30 years after um, Diego had last uh, won it. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, 30 years. Jeez, time, time flies. Mm. But, yes, there you go. Yep. Beautiful. So, yeah, they're the highlights for mine. How about yourself, Nathan? Uh, I think you uh, took a lot of the same ones off my list. Didn't I think mean. the obvious ones are no, Didn't but I to. think it shows that World Cup aside, I don't think it was a vintage year for football. I think 22 was a better year, and I think 24 will be a better year as well with four international tournaments on. But uh, my highlights for 2023 are definitely the Women's World Cup because just the, as you say, how well the tournament was received in terms of crowd figures, broadcast numbers, just the groundswell of support for not women's football, but the groundswell of support for football, full stop. Everyone got around the Tillies, uh-huh. as well as the other nations with their diasporas in Australia, which is fantastic. As a part of the Women's World Cup, I saw the best goal I've ever seen live in the flesh, uh-huh. which is Linda Caicedo's against Germany. Yeah, yeah, what a goal is that was. The best goal I've seen live in the flesh. Uh-huh. And it will take some beating because it was the move, the finish, as well as the explosion of noise from the stands. Mm. When when that hit the back of the net, it was just amazing. Oh, I don't know, Nathan. I thought we saw the highlight of the World, Women's World Cup. You and I happened to be together. Marta Cox's free kick. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute screamer when I left the foot. Screamer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also a pleasure to be in the ground for Sam Kerr's goal against England. Yes, I know it took a small deflection, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, and it's that great. shootout Australia against France It's a great goal It was a great goal Sam mm. Kerr's And yes That shootout That Australia shootout France, was, yeah, was incredible Incredible amazing. Incredible drama Incredible drama So Aside from the uh, Women's World Cup uh, Yes The Mariners In a, a very controversial Grand final Given its location uh-huh. But The uh, the Mariners Rose to the occasion And Again I was luck- lucky enough To be in the stand To watch that the demolition of Melbourne City. Um, also, point to uh, Ange taking the Spurs job, yep. taking yep. big six Premier League team. Yes, and yes, that's a, a landmark moment for Australian football. Very Not true. just in the career of Ange Postecoglou, the an Aussie manager has made it to the uh, top table in world very, football. Very true. Yep. Very well said. Very well said. Uh, did you catch the- uh, Ange's comments last night or overnight? Which ones? <laughs> About the we, Super League? <laughs> no, 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 no. With regards to the Asian Cup. No, I missed those. So, so a journalist um, asked if the Asian Cup was an inconvenience. And she said, and, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't like that. <laughs> and he said, um, mate. You know, he said, you know, I won one. He goes, you know, mate, you know, I won one, don't you? He goes, yeah, that's why I'm asking. He goes, well, no, it, it'll never be an inconvenience. And he said, because uh, I was obviously talking about um, Sonny. And yep. um, he said, well, he said, I hope Sonny has a great tournament and ends up brother up to Australia again. Yeah. <laughs> That'd which be a, nice. Which is a great answer, yes. Oh, but uh, there you go. Mm. There you have it. But, Les, uh, those are my highlights for 23. Okay. So. I want predictions you wanna, for 24. You want to do some crystal ball gazing, do you? Yes, I do. Oh, jeez. Do we have a now. sound effect for this? Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes, okay. I, I want... What do you want because, from uh, 2024? 
Yes, I've got some uh, predictions that I asked of you, and I've got some okay. my own here that uh, I did already put out over on the uh, on the Twitter. Yes, uh, you may have seen them already, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, I want to hear yours. Okay, I'm just going to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I'll go A League, Liga, EPL, Serie A, Bundesliga. Should I go on? <laughs> uh, Predict Euro, the winner for every league around the world. Euro 2024, <laughs> Copa America. Uh, right. So, uh, A League. Jeez. A League is probably the hardest one to pick, you know, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I will stick stick my neck out and go with the Wanderers. I think the Wanderers will win the A League. And I think it will be the Wanderers Phoenix in the grand final. be nice if it's over in Wellington. If it is over in Wellington, then it'll be the Phoenix, right? But I just think that um, the Phoenix will just drop off a little, but hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But it'll, but I see that, uh, you know, I see the Wanderers um, taking out the A-League. Then EPL, jeez, Man City. It's got to be Man City. That run's coming, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is coming. It is coming. Um, yeah, yeah, I see... Uh, I see Manchester City winning the EPL. Bundesliga by Leverkusen. Whoa, you're going for it. I'm Very going nice. for it. I think they're too good. I think they're too good. I think that in Spain, it'll be Real Madrid. You hope. But <laughs> Italy, it'll be Inter Milan. Yes, I think that one's already wrapped up. Yep. Um, okay, so where does that leave us? Euro and Copa America, yeah? Oof. Okay, Euro. Greece. <laughs> no, it won't be Greece. As much as I'd like to see it, uh, you know, I I don't think it'll be Greece. Got to get um, there first. They got to get there first. That's correct. Um, I'm going to go with. This is a very hard Euro to pick, actually. It is. That's a very hard Euro to pick. If England had a different manager, I'd pick England. I can't pick England mm. with Southgate as yep. manager. I'm sorry to say. Therefore, I will go with France. France will win the Euro. Copa America is Argentina's to lose. I think Uruguay will be thereabouts as well, but I just see Argentina. This is this Copa America is set up for for Messi and Argentina to win, just like the World Cup was, as according to yourself. <laughs> how to, how, definitely not still salty about that semi final. <laughs> definitely not. Or quarter final, quarter final. Yeah. Um, so now, what other predictions did you want? Or is that it? No, that'll do us. That'll That's do us. Wonderful. Whatever, whatever, you, whatever you see fit. Great, great. Uh, um, I've gone down a slightly different path. Yeah. For the ones that uh, I've put down here, have you seen them, Liz? Oh, I've I've seen that you did post them. I actually didn't see them all though. I saw that you did post them on Twitter. But all good. I got them here. Great. I'll bring oh, it up God. now because you because no, you know because right. I'm, gonna, cause, I'm, cause I'm an old you know that because I'm an old bastard. I do um um or as you call me an old bastard. <laughs> I really, I really never took to Twitter until we started the pot. So, mm. um, yes. <laughs> so, 2024, I've got the Socceroos to be unbeaten in 2024. Well, that would have undefeated. Them, that would have them winning the Asian Cup. No, it includes a quarterfinal exit to Saudi Arabia on penalties. Penalties, ouch. Yeah, and if a game goes to penalties, officially it's a draw. Yes, that's true. Mm. That's true. Which would be uh, disappointing to go out that early, but that's what I reckon. Uh, I've got the Matildas to qualify for the Olympics. That's not bold, but I reckon they'll get drawn with Canada once more. Yep. And it'll be a tough group because they'll be a pot three team. So, But it is the some of the best thirds out of the four team groups that go through. Mm-hmm. I reckon they'll still medal. 
they'll pull it off and uh, Tony G can uh, waltz off into the sunset with a medal of any color around his neck. Uh, dear. I've got a new owner for Perth. That's that's fair enough. That's understandable. Uh, I did put on here that uh, I said no new owner for Newcastle. Sorry. You meant Newcastle United. <laughs> no. Newcastle United, Newcastle Jets. <laughs> yeah, Newcastle Jets. Correct. Uh, there's some speculation around that at the moment, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully it comes off. Hmm. I've got MacArthur winning the AFC Cup, mm-hmm. which as of tonight, they've been drawn as a home team for the uh, whatever phase it is where they'll be a, a Southeast Asian winner. Mm-hmm. I've got Auckland kicking off, led by Chris Wood, Bill Tuilama, and controversially, Sarpreet Singh. Oh, no? dear, shaking oh, dear. your head. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> which part of that? <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Just all of it. <laughs> and I've got Garankwal back to the Mariners for next season. On mm. loan. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that one. Mm. I don't mind that All right, one. Lass, that's predictions. Okay. I don't mind that I one. Want, I want your wish list. Oh, geez, a wish list. For 2024. Uh, Newcastle United to finish above Manchester United. <laughs> Newcastle United to win the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. Real, Real Madrid to win the La Liga and the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the uh, Copa del Rey, we'll see. Not being greedy. So Real Madrid to do a treble, yes. To do a treble. <laughs> well, the Spanish Super Cup as well, that's coming up. So, you know, hey, why not that? Um, Just chuck it in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oof, wish list. Doesn't have to be realistic. No, I, I know, yeah. Um, Greece 2 in the Euro, that'd be awesome, 20 years after mm. they first won it. Yep. Um, but wish list. What else do I wish for? I just, football to actually be... Football again in a way that I'm sick of Guardiola and his false nine bullshit. <laughs> right? I saw this the other day. Someone put it so perfectly that Premier League in the early 2010s and late 2000s yep. used to be so fun. Yep. And now we have to sit through Pep Guardiola and death by 9,000 passes. Correct. <laughs> Look, I, I don't mind. Look, when you see a nice passing move going up the field and it this end product with a goal, fantastic. Sure. But that's right. not what we're talking about. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. So, um, yes. Um, Ange to finish top four. Cool. Spurs. So yep. if Newcastle can't, Ange to finish in the top four. Um, and that'll prove the, the guys that think that I hate Spurs rule. <laughs> I don't hate Spurs. It's just <laughs> your, your, club, your club chairman's a bit. It's uh, just funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a bit funny at times. Um what else? No, yeah, honestly, just football to actually be United in Australia actually move forward where the NSD is expanded upon um, and we start getting the share of the pie that football should be getting based on its participation in the community. Yep. Very good. Um, that's one thing that I'd like to see. How's that for my wish list? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Awesome. How about yours? So I've got new owners. For Perth, Newcastle, Jets, and Brisbane. That'd be nice. That'd be very nice. Big big wish list, but yes, that'd be nice. Yes, it'd be nice. <laughs> uh, an announcement for a redevelopment of Perry Park. Very good. With it there. Yep. Uh, formal announcement for Canberra. That'd be good. I don't think we're going to get it for season 24-25, but hopefully we get an announcement for the season after that. Yeah. Uh, I can say, sure, teams to win things in Europe like United and... Athletic Club and everything else. Um, but 
on the local front, rego fees for youths MPL. to drop. Yep. And NPL. Yep. Yeah, and NPL. Um, yeah. An expanded second division. Hopefully we get up to the uh, the 14 or 16 teams that we're hopeful for. That'd be nice. With financial reliability, security as well. Like feasibility, shall we say. And above all else, Laz, I just wish yourself and everyone listening a happy new year. Oh, it's your kind. World peace as well, Nathan. World peace. It would, <laughs> I know we say it, we laugh about it, but honestly, world peace. World peace is probably easier than getting a penny out of the Queensland government for Perry Park. Uh, yes, we could do with it. We could do with we could do with both. <laughs> we could do with both. But uh, on that note, definitely, um, yes, a healthy, wealthy, joyful, prosperous new year ahead for everyone would be. Absolutely awesome. But um, I won't mention what I was going to mention earlier or refer to it, but we'll uh, mention it next week. Just, uh, cool. yeah, Football Victoria, South Melbourne. That's all I'll say. So just. Uh, all righty. Yeah. Just keep. A little, keep little teaser, huh? Yeah. Uh, look, if you Google it, you'll find it, but we'll uh, refer to it. <laughs> we'll talk about it next no, week. No, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. It rules No, no, there's no mistake. <laughs> we'll just cover it off next week and just see how absurd it is. That's all. <laughs> About football uniting as well. So there you go. But um, yes, but on that note, Nathan, very well said. Again, like I said, yeah, all the best to yourself, your your family and loved ones, and my family and loved ones, and all the Backpeg listeners. And yeah, thank you for the year that's been. And yes, again, all the best for the new year ahead. May it be joyful, healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. Fantastic. Uh, yes, I echo those thoughts, Les. A happy new year to yourself and your family and those in your life that uh, are closest to you. Wish them all the best of health in 2024. The same sentiment goes out to uh, all the backpackers listening. I hope everyone has a great 2024 and we can all uh, enjoy ourselves both in a football sphere as well as away from that as well. There's uh, plenty in life to uh, get excited by and hopefully there's plenty of excitement in 2024. Indeed, indeed. And we will uh, reconvene in the new year. But, and Laz, <laughs> we're going to dive straight into uh, talk about the uh, Asian Cup and the African Cup of Nations. That should be a lot of fun. That will be fun. That will be fun, Nathan. Looking forward to it. We haven't decided what date we're going to record yet. but <laughs> No, it will be in the new year, though. <laughs> It'll be in the new year, either way. <laughs> uh, take care all. Enjoy the football. And happy new year. So what did you have for Christmas dinner, listener? Was there a nice <laughs> roast turkey on the table? Oh, dear. <laughs> Hope, hopefully they had lamb. That's hopefully the, they had lamb? They, hopefully they had lamb. That's the the, the uh, go-to for Greeks. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, it's got to be a turkey for mine. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Lamb on the Love barbecue. Christmas turkey. Lamb on the barbecue. Sounds like a Boxing Day thing to me. Lamb spit. No, don't be silly. <laughs> um Nice roast turkey, some roast potatoes, some sprouts. Yes. Pigs in blankets are always good. Overrated, I think, pigs in blankets, but I you know. I'll no, I'll eat I'll please. eat them if they I'll eat them if they're there. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Lister, what's your favourite part about the Christmas dinner? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I don't want a good gravy. Yes, I don't mind a good gravy either. On the turkey, on the roast potatoes. I think you know, I've never had turkey at Christmas. It's a Greek thing. We normally have lamb. Easter, okay. Easter, Christmas, lamb. Generally on the spit, but we um, oh, we had some nice stuff on the spit this Christmas. Beautiful. Whilst, whilst we were talking about uh, the world's issues, but yes, 
and hopefully the listeners had a, a great feed as well. <laughs>